Welcome to the HeartStrong Discipleship Podcast. Visit heartstrong.life forward slash login to access the notes from today and all the benefits of our membership community. One to the two and two to the three. Let the world see the Holy Trinity. Let's become HeartStrong Disciples of Jesus together. Thank you guys. It's been quite a privilege to bring the word to you guys or to unpack the word. Uh, but I have to say that um, I am relieved that it's my last day. <laughs> it has been such an intense, tense preparation leading up to this week. So today we're going to be in the last two chapters of Deuteronomy. What um, blessing we've had through Moses's life. And um, today is all about blessings and epitomizing Moses for what he did. So I thought it was best before we dig into chapter 33 to sort of put a context around the word blessing. So God's intention and desire to bless humanity are central to his covenant relationships. For this uh, reason, the concept of blessing permeates the biblical record, um, especially in the Old Testament. Two distinct ideas are present. First, a blessing was a public declaration of a favored status with God. And second, the blessing granted power for prosperity and success. In both cases, the blessing served as a guide and a motivation for life pursuits within this context. Ceremonial blessings were received through the institutions of society, the family, government, and religion. Fathers blessed wives and families. An example of that is 1 uh, Samuel 2.20. And governments, um, you know, rulers bless the subjects. We can see an example of that in 1 Kings 14. And those who possess priestly um, roles were bestowed with the privilege of blessing, Genesis 14, 19. And the tribe of Levi was set apart to pronounce blessings in the name of the Lord, Deuteronomy 21, 5. In Moses' time, the final blessing given by the patriarchs to their sons were recognized as crucially significant in their times. They were irrevocable testaments, acceptable as decisive evidence in court cases. These blessings also had a supernatural aspect of, of, of spiritual or spirit of prophecy, whereby these men of God spoke what they were divinely revealed to them. Therefore, the word, the words were more than empty wishes. Once uttered, they carried the promise of fulfillment. Moses served in the fatherly capacity over Israel as leader of Exodus or, or leader of the Exodus and mediator of the covenant. So it was quite fitting now that he was ready to die that once again, his primary concern was for the welfare of God's people. He blesses them. 
So the blessing of Moses pronounced, or the blessing that Moses pronounced on each of the tribes differed from the content of those that Jacob gave at the end of his life, which was recorded in uh, uh, Genesis 49 through uh, 1 to 28. Jacob's words were sometimes judgmental, whereas Moses's words were redeeming and promissory. They promised continuous existence, verse 6, priestly prerogative, verse 10, safety, verse 11, choice gifts, verse 13 and 16, and that is of chapter 33, by the way, affluence, verses 18 to 19, reward of land, verses 20 to 21, possession in 23, prosperity and strength in verses 24 to 25. So with that context, uh, context let's dig in. So uh, verses 33 starts off with an editorial note introducing the blessing. It says, this is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, gave the people of Israel before his death. Moses is called the man of God. He's also called the man of God in Joshua 14:6. This term was generally used by prophets and most frequently by Elijah and Elisha. Moses, of course, was the preeminent prophet. There are some people who stand out as men and women of God amongst us. We see them as being close to God and representing God well through their words and actions. My spiritual mentor, Nori Nimrod, comes to mind when I think of one of those people. Moses opened and closed his blessing, praising and proclaiming God for his activity among them in recent history. That is in verses two to five. In verses two to four, he refers to events surrounding the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. Moses said, the Lord came from Sinai and drawn from Seir upon us. He shone forth from Mount Paran. He came from the 10,000s of holy ones, the flaming fire at his right hand. When Moses commanded us the law as a possession for the assembly of God. So we see in verses two, to three, two, three, five, three points that may have guided Moses' blessings. God's love for his people in verses three, God's actions in history in verses two and four, and that the covenant, the covenant that the people had made with God in verses five. Therefore, Moses' blessings were well thought out. They carried hope based on God's faithfulness and his powerful love for his people. And they were conditional upon the people keeping the covenant they made with God. It is such a great honor to speak a blessing over someone. So it shouldn't be taken seriously or it shouldn't be taken, um, it should be taken seriously. Birthdays, graduations and other moments are good opportunities to bless people in our lives. Praying that God could God, that God guide us before we speak or write will help us to communicate his thoughts well with spiritual meaning and significance based on the person's prospects. You know, I remember when my daughter graduated from university, um, 
her and her best friend, uh, our pa- uh, we, the parents of the best friends, gathered all their friends and all some of the leaders uh, from the Life Center, and we had a blessing ceremony for them. We didn't throw them a party. We just asked people to come with words of encouragement, with prayers, and just lay hands on them and bless them. To this day, my daughter remember that. And, you know, I look at her career and I think, oh my gosh, God is so good. And, you know, that was such a significant um, uh, threshold in her life. And and, uh, she didn't complain about me not giving her a big prize for getting honors in in university. All she wanted was a blessing. So Moses blessed his 12 tribes, beginning with verses six. He says to Reuben, which was very brief, let him live and not die, nor his people be few. That was in contrast to Jacob's words, which said that Reuben should not be um, uh, have prominence because he went into his father's bed. Now remember in Genesis 35, 33, Reuben had sexual intercourse with Jacob's concubine, or concubine. Now, um, you know, there's sayings that, you know, the sins of the father will fall on the sins of the sons. I, I, I don't want to get into that, but there was obviously consequences for the actions that Reuben did. Moving on to Judah, um, in, uh, you know, Moses blessed him in, 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 in verse seven. He says, he starts off with, hear, O Lord, the voice of Judah. The Israelites didn't know that Jesus was going to come from the tribe of Judah. You know, all will hear his cry and the lion, uh, the call of the lion. Later, Jesus will be called the lion of the tribe of Judah. That gospel message will roar and it is still roaring now. And I am sure after we are gone. You know, when the tribes were given um, the order for them to set out, and we looked at that um, uh, the beginning of Numbers, the first tribe was Judah. So they were the first to go into battle. Moses' blessing included a prayer for military success through the power of God. You know, when we bless someone, it is good practice to include a prayer for victory over the various battles they would face in life, whether it's physical, intellectual, spiritual, um, you know, interpersonal, vocational, or social. You know, I have had many situations where I was inspired to persevere through challenging situations because someone blessed me with an encouraging word or prayed over me during my time of need. He blesses Levi in verses eight to 11. So Levi is given one of the longest blessings because his tribe made the greatest sacrifice. They scattered throughout Israel to serve, um, you know, to serve them in priestly duties and they were not allowed to inherit land. The tribe of Judah was entrusted with the great work of mediating between God and man. You know, the, the Levitical priests, as we remember, or if we remember, they had the Terman and the, the Urim, um, and they cast lots, um, you know, as a method of, 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 you know, reciting God's direction to its people. 
and they were often uh, sought up uh, for direction before they went into battle. You know, Moses' blessing is a prayer for supernatural ability for this tribe to use their skills in God's work. I don't know if you notice, it's all about empowering the tribes to do God's work, to execute God's plan. Today, we rely on the Holy Spirit leading to guide and give us direction to address the many issues we face and other people face. You know, this once again highlights the importance of studying and mastering the scripture to know how to apply uh, what, it, you, you know, we're gleaning and learning to our lives and others. Thank you, Pastor Jason and Pastor Lori for Heartstrong. Thank you, Heartstrong, for all your insights and all our discussions over the past two years or almost two years. Moses blesses Benjamin in verses 12. You know, in, in Genesis uh, 49, 12, um, Jacob referred to, to Benjamin as very warlike and, and, and he had a very warlike and press, uh, you know, first character. That was how Jacob ascribed Benjamin. In this blessing, there is a promise for security during battle. The prediction that Benjamin will dwell between his shoulders present the imagery of a father carrying his son on his back. This verse reflects Benjamin's special status as Jacob's youngest and particularly loved son. Genesis 44:20. We are in a battle for God against forces and darkness. As we launch into dangerous exploits for God, we will experience his mighty deliverance. Battling for God enhances our experience of peace, for then we experience the truth that the high God surrounds us all day and dwells between our shoulders. Joseph was blessed in verses 13 to 12. And we know that, you know, Joseph forgo his blessing so that his two sons will be blessed instead. His two sons, Manasseh or Manasseh, is firstborn and Ephraim. You know, although Ephraim was the younger, he received the designated blessings for the firstborn from Jacob. Therefore, he was mentioned first and accredited 10,000, while Manasseh was only accredited thousands. First, Moses prayed for Joseph's material prosperity. And notice the word precious, precious land. So land was given to his tribe and it was plentiful, prosperous. And in some regions, it produced abundant timber. Moses also prayed for military strength. They were pictured as bulls and as ox going the nations. These are symbols of strength, diligence, and dependability. So we ask the question, can we pray for such a, uh, a, you know, for such prosperity for people today? The Bible has many prayers which would say, yes, we can. We can pray for material wealth with the assurance that if God does not answer as we ask, it's not because or it is because he has something better in store for us. Prosperity theology goes wrong when it 
emphasizes material prosperity and it does not consider that sometimes God's choices, blessings come through us in other ways other than wealth. One of them is suffering. So for the other tribes, uh, Zebulun and Issachar, in, you know, Moses blesses them in, in verses 18 and 19. These two tribes were to rejoice in every aspect of their daily lives because of God's blessings. They were blessed with riches from the sand and the sea, and most importantly, in their responsibility to share the blessings with others in verse 9, 19. God uh, was blessed in verses 20 to 21. And this tribe was already been allotted choice land east of the Jordan before the covenant renewal in Moab. Although God already had its land, it fought diligently as a lion along with the rest of the Israelites until the Lord gave them rest. Joshua 22, one to six. The people of Gad was commended for risking their security by joining the battles of their brothers. We must not let our comfortable and secure positions in life keep us from helping others in need, especially when we were once we once were where they're at. Our security in Christ should give us the boldness to step out, to take a risk, and to assist others, no matter how deep they are in problems. If God is prompting you, don't forget that offer by the grace of God, you could be where they are. Moses uses the imagery of a lion's cub in verses 22 to bless Dan's tribe, implying the potential for great strength. The tribe had the possibility of doing great things. Although they could have been strong, it re they remain timid, not reaching its potential. They did not stay in the land allotted to them, but establish a colony in the north. Dan may have been described as timid, but he acted as a snake or you know, a serpent in taking land that did not belong to him. That story was recorded in Genesis 49, 17 to 19. May we learn to look at people with the eyes of hope, just like Jesus looked at Peter, the one who seemed so unstable, and he saw who would be like a rock he told him, you are Simeon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter, the rock, recorded in John 1, 42. I think it was Diane who talked um, yesterday about seeing people uh, differently than they actually are. Forgive me if I quoted you wrong, Diane. Naphtali, in verses 23, his blessing was ascribed land as extending southward to the lake and probably the Sea of Galilee. There was, that was fertile area. So thus the blessing was similar to Joseph's son, Ephraim and Manasseh and also Asher. They will enjoy material blessings from God. So Asher's name means blessed and happy. And this tribe was the happiest and most blessed tribe among the tribes of Israel, secure from his enemies. Asher was expected to live a long life. The reference to dip his feet in oil suggests extravagance. That was an extravagant act for people to do that 
in that day. So notice that Simeon was not mentioned as having received a blessing, perhaps because his tribe would be absorbed or dispersed among that of Judah. The story of that is in Genesis 49, uh, 7. So Moses finishes his blessing in verses 26 and 29. Once he's finished all his work, Moses indulges himself in an ecstatic song of praise to, to the God who made it possible. Verses 29 to 20, to, uh, to 26 to 29, make, 26 makes the reference of Jeshuan. And you know, that is a, 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 a name for Israel and it means upright, you know, and it, the blessing, or, or I should say Jeshuan, is linked also to the opening uh, verse or in the opening in verses five. God, who is the Israel's king, is a leader who is compared to none. His kingship is celebrated in these concluding verses by the reference to his own power and the power he gives to his people who will win great victories in the coming battles. After the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, in the, the first song of Moses, the Israelites sang, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Exodus 15, 11. Now before the battle to occupy the promised land, this question is turned into an affirmation, note of praise or proclamation. There is no one like God, like or like the God of Jeshuan. Whenever we, wherever we go and whoever we are, God himself, not the land, is our home. And that is the greatest blessing. A tidbit before I go on to, um, you know, further. Three tribes uh, survived after, um, you know, they were um, taken away by King Nebuchadnezzar. We'll read about that in, 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 um, in, in verses, you know, in Kings. But we know that the Israel's lives were cap, cap um, you know, there was, they were captured and they were taken away. When they returned from exile, there were three remaining tribes, Levi, Benjamin, and Judah. Jesus, John the Baptist was from the tribe of Judah. He prepared the way for Jesus. Jesus was from the tribe of Judah. And guess what? Paul was from the tribe of Benjamin. And we know the work that he did in terms of bringing the word to the Gentiles. What an amazing demonstration of God's providence. God knew. We didn't. They didn't. But God knew. He needed those three tribes to stay alive in order to fulfill his promise. So let's move on. You know, when we use the, the term blessed, you know, we often are referring to material blessings. And that is what the Israelites had. But they will still forget God and they were still rebellious. They were still a rebellious, uh, stiff-necked nation. We are no better than the Israelites today. In the New Testament, the emphasis is more on spiritual rather than material blessings. God promised to Abraham again, um, you know, um, he's to, to um, bless all the earth shall be blessed through him. And that was fulfilled through the person and the work of Jesus in Galatians 3, 8, 14. Ephesians 1, 3 says that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ. If you're in Christ, 
you are blessed with all spiritual blessings. The, re the reference to that blessing in Greek is translated to speak well of. So since God is acting in this verse, we can say that God has spoken good things about us or pronounced good things for our benefit. And these things are key benefits of a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. We can find those blessings in Ephesians 1 right through down to 14. And you know what? We are chosen. He has granted us full status as his children and all benefits. We are accepted. We are redeemed by the blood of Jesus, forgiven for our sins, according to his riches and grace. We have wisdom and insight through his word. We have obtained an inheritance, the riches of glory and the presence of God and eternal home. You know, um, he has given us his word and his truth and his gospel of salvation. He has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is guaranteeing our inheritance until we take possession of it. We are laborers with God. We are ambassadors bringing the message of reconciliation to the foreign land. We are available. We have the peace of God available that passes all understanding and the assurance that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And we are his bride. All these references can be found in my notes that I will post um, later on. Material blessings can bring us only so far. As Pastor Barry says, let's live our lives with eternity stamped on her foreheads. So let's go on to Moses. We see in chapter 34, I'll read it to its entirety. Then Moses went up the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the land showed, and, and the Lord showed him all the land. Gilead, as far as Dan, all Nephali, and uh, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the Western Sea, the Negev and the plain. That is the valley of Jericho, the city of palms trees, as far as Zohar. And the Lord said, this is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over it. So Joseph, the servant of Moses, the servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of God. And he buried him in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite to Bethpur. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years when he died. His eyes were undimmed and his vigor un unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab for 30 days. And then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of God. And Moses had laid his hands on, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, none like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do the land, to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror 
that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. Moses died. And God was gracious in verses one to Moses, even though he did not permit him to enter the promised land, he allowed it to see it with his natural eyes. You know, in five and six, God was, uh, Moses was referred as a servant of God. He said, the servant of God died. Moses died in the presence of God alone. The beauty of Moses's death lies not in the physical details of his death, but in the fact that he was with God in the hour of transition. The God who called him to lead the Israel was with him even in his dying hours. You know, no one knows where he was buried. And this is probably because God knew the Israelites may have made his grave a shrine and that would have led to the very thing that Moses pleaded them to avoid, some form of idolatry. In seven and eight, Moses died at 120 years with no injuries, disease or failing sight. His journey complete, his mission accomplished. His life was divided into three equal parts, 40 as a prince, 40 as a shepherd in the, the wilderness of Zion and 40 leading God's people of Egypt via the wandering in the wilderness and to the promised land. However, as great as Moses was, the day of his mourning ended. It was time to move on. God's program did not end with Moses, nor does it end with any man. The torches passed and God's work continued. In verses 10, it talks about there was no other prophet um, like Moses. You know, Moses was great, but you know, it comes to mind that there are people among us who shine like Moses because they met God regularly, face to face as Moses did. We feel we know God better because of them. Such people have unique qualities and we are just cannot put our hands on but we know that when we're in the presence of them, the when we are in their presence, they know God. John Davis is one who comes to mind when I think of such persons. He surely left a spiritual legacy that will live on for generations. But we know that despite Moses being a great uh, leader, you know, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, came and he was greater than Moses. You know, when Jesus was asked, show me the father, Jesus said, if you have seen the father, you have seen me. There is no one, no one who has modeled Jesus, even though they were great prophets, leaders, and, um, you know, men of God. I just have just a little tidbit more. Um, if you have to leave, I thank you for joining us this, today. And I just want to end today by blessing you with the priestly blessing, which you can find in Numbers 6, 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon onto you and give you peace. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend if you have to leave us. I just ask for the indulgence of a couple of, of minutes for those of you who are staying. Many years later, Moses along with Elisha 
had the great honor and privilege of being one of those chosen to encourage Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration as he contemplating, contemplated his coming death. That is recorded in Matthew 17, 3 and Luke 9, 30. Great leaders make mistakes and must face the consequences of those mistakes. But the merciful God uses his work to leave behind a legacy of blessings on earth. The most severe example of that is David, whose um, adultery with Bathsheba and murder of Uriah or Uriah left him, you know, a, a sour note on his legacy. However, God, um, you know, Israel's greatest king, through the line of Israel's greatest king will come the Messiah, Jesus. And God referred to him as a man after God's own heart. So in summary, Moses was Israel's lawgiver, but the law could only take him to the edge of the promised land. It could have pointed him to the other side, but it couldn't have taken him any further. It wasn't meant to be. Galatians 3.24, Moses did not get as far as he had hoped, but by all standards, his life was an overpouring and magnificent success. Joshua, Caleb, and others to follow would never have succeeded without his leadership and the legacy he left. We must not let disappointment keep us back from finishing well. We live in a goal-oriented world. Moses was not allowed to accomplish all the goals that he had desired, but he still finished strong. The principal value of our lives must not be the accomplishing of all goals, but in preparing the way for others. The value of our lives may be the example we set for others to follow and the foundation that we lay upon which others can build. So how do we do that? Invest in the eventual success of others who are only beginning to come along. We have wisdom to share. If you've been through, you can carry through. Lay a position, you know, um, a pot, lay down a positive godly foundation so that your family and others can build on that. Let's consider the future of our families, the church, the city that we live in, the workplace and the ministries of God, that God made may desire to build and the people that he may desire to send out and let's bless them with our time our spiritual wisdom our talent and our financial resources so here's the questions for you as i end how do you see god's blessings in your life what aspect of moses's life or character stood out the most to you. And while you are personally reflecting today, how can you use your blessing for others? And how can you use your blessings for the kingdom? Thank you for joining us today. Have you become an official member of our HeartStrong community? Visit heartstrong.life and click membership to sign up. Once you've registered, you will receive an email with links and tips for how to engage everything that HeartStrong has to offer. 
As a member, you will have access to so much incredible discipleship content found on the members page, such as all of our weekly Bible study events, a monthly training plan with disciplines and practices and discipleship questions to help guide you on your discipleship journey. We also have our most recent Bible study video, all of our teacher Bible study notes, and an on-demand video archive of all of our Bible studies that we have ever done. And lastly, every month we create and curate content to encourage you on your discipleship journey. So what are you waiting for? Visit heartstrong.life and join today. Let's become heartstrong disciples together. One, two, three.